Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen. Choked Out Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Rare episode of Choked Out Radio post UFC 224. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've done, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I finally was on on my regular podcast that I broadcast through Audacity, which you could eventually download on iTunes. This one you could eventually download on iTunes. So it's been a while. So I'm going to start as uh, as I get some projects out of the way, I can start finally working on, on printing those shirts. I know you guys are excited about the shirts. And hopefully we can get some people to spread the word of Choked Out Radio. Been around for a while. Wow, UFC 224 in the books. Uh, historical main event between Amanda Nunez and Raquel Pennington, aka Rocky, live from Rio de Janeiro in in Brazil. Amanda Nunez fought a flawless, flawless, flawless victory. But the question becomes: Raquel Pennington was. Uh, Mentally, she was not there, and in her brain, she was like, I can't take it anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. And her, her corner was like, uh, no, you know, you can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You yes, you can. Now, we're all, we're all in for the safety of the fighters, and we all know that we want to push ourselves to the limits where we can't go before. But when you're in a, in a championship fight, with someone as world-renowned as Amanda Nunez, and if you can't, and if you just can't, and physically, if you can't, mentally, if you can't, then you just can't win the fight. For whatever reason, her camp was uh, was against her quitting the fight, and, and look, she took an additional beating. She took uh, an additional beating, and eventually the referee has stopped the fight. Uh, bad call, I thought, by her by her corner. Amanda Nunez is up there, I believe, is um, surpassed Rousey as far as most fights won by a woman. I think what she's trying to pursue now is most uh, title defenses by a woman in the UFC. Um, I believe that that's what the record withstands. And I think Joanna Jacek was so close, but then she lost to uh, Rose Namahunas there. So that's the story there. That's my opinion. I believe that for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, if she can't if she can't fight mentally and physically, um, then she should, without a shadow of a doubt, should not even get into the fifth round and, and not get additional damage that she could already receive to her eyes and to her face. Um, Amanda Nunez coming off this fight, I believe that was her only – I don't know, second or third title defense. I know she beat uh, Rousey. I know that she took the title from Misha Tate. And then from there, you know, she beat Raquel Pennington from there. So now, with that being said, now what? where does Amanda Nunez go from here? Oh, and then she um, the, the controversy with Valentina Shevchenko. 
which I think Shevchenko, excuse me, I believe won that fight, but that's another story for another day. So now what's next for Amanda Nunez? There's the talks of the super fight between her and Chris Cyborg. Let's face it, right now she is on a, she has a lot of momentum. She proved a lot of naysayers wrong with her dominant win over Ronda Rousey, proved her naysayers wrong over her dominant win over Raquel Pennington. The only controversial matchup for, to me for sure was the, the fight against Valentina, but Valentina, I believe they're going to reward her with a fight with Montero, who recently won the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship, having health issues, uh, which is why that fight has not been booked yet, but I believe they want to push that fight real, real soon. And uh, For Raquel, we'll see what happens, but, but for sure, bad call. Uh, you know, if I was cornering her, I would definitely advise that. But as um, I was listening to yesterday to Dominic Cruz, we don't know, uh, we don't know her well. We don't know her twelve weeks into a fight camp. We don't know uh, where she, where you could push her and push her to her limits. We don't, we don't know that. We don't know that. We just know that the optics of the situation is Raquel Pennington was not in the fight mentally and physically, but nevertheless. Her corner continues to put her out there, which is, I believe, a bad, a bad call according to the optics. Now, as Dominic Cruz said, yes, yes, we don't, we don't know the, the, the training. We don't know the in-depth. We don't know her actual limits. But to, to, for that being said, the optics look bad. <laughs> I want to see a super fight with Nunez and, and Chris Cyborg. I believe she needs the, the competition. But that, that's the main card. That's my opinion. With that situation, I believe I um, I agree 100% with Dominic Cruz as well. I, I watched the post game. I watched the po- the comp- um, post conference, post press conference, and I believe with Amanda Nunez, her only his only pet peeve, and I and I, I agree with him 100%, is that the fight should have not been lasted that long into the fifth round. He could she could have finished her in round three. I, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe what I liked about Amanda Nunez kept her honest as far as kick and then faking faking the shots here and there, faking her her, um, her jabs here and there, um, be, make, be making Rocky really think. And, and that's the beauty of Amanda Nunez. That's the scary part about her is she's a champion and she's still evolving as a fighter, which is a scary, scary thing. But my only pet peeve and uh, his pet peeve as well was he was she was doing one two kick one two one two one two. I believe I agree with him on her hundred percent. If you was to throw an uppercut here and there, throw a hook here and there, they would really uh, keep Rocky or, re, or keep her opponents honest and being able to defend um, the body for the shot, defend the uh, defend the legs for these kicks, and also defend the shot. But when you're concentrating on on being able to block one, you are susceptible to the uh, exposing the other parts of the body. So. That is my own, yeah, I, I agree with him 100% there. With Calvin Gastelum, great fight via split decision, decision, fight of the night, in my opinion. Very close fight. Kevin Gastelum has really come on his own. He is now 15-3, and three, I believe. Yes, he beat Jacare via split decision last night. Yeah, UFC 224. He also beat Michael Bisping via knockout punch uh, in the main event of November 25th of this year in the first round. He also, he did lose to Chris Weidman via arm triangle. I believe if he would have won that fight, no doubt about it, he would have had a guaranteed title shot as a middleweight champion. Now, he says he's not it's a title fight or bust. 
He also has a no contest with Joe Belfort. He beat, he did beat Tim Kennedy, and he did beat uh, Johnny Hendricks. So, no, it's a great maneuver for him coming down to uh, going up to the middleweight division because let's face it, at, at welterweight, it was very difficult for him to make that cut. He's a more natural 185, more of a big guy. Uh, the way his body is structured, and it's a hot mess. It's a it's a hot mess. The the middleweight division. What what we have going on right now with the middleweight division? You have Whitaker in the situation, right? Then you have Romero, who also beat Rockhold in that situation. So, with that being said, what's going on? So the obvious fight is going to be um, Romero in a return bout. Romero against Whitaker, and I and I guess if I was Kelvin Gastelum's camp, I would advise them to just you know hold back, and then I guess he could fight the winner. If he takes a fight and loses that fight, it'll, it'll jeopardize his momentum and his chances of a of a title fight. The, the funny thing about the UFC is, yes, you have contenderships and all that, but at the same time, it's very subjective as far as who receives the actual shot or not. So it's very interesting to, um, to see if UFC continues to be honest and, and, and relies on the ranking system per se. So speaking of weight cuts, Friday, uh, or yesterday, or Friday, yes, Friday, Mackenzie Zern missed weight by seven pounds. Amanda Cooper is very upset. A lot of the, um, the MMA community is very upset that Amanda Cooper, that, no, 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 that Amanda Mackenzie Dern, for that matter, uh, missed her, her weight, missed her flight, not only missed her weight, but went some weight by seven pounds. Um, Evie, uh, Silver Queen, who who follows me on, on Instagram, and I'm also – also, um, Kat Zingano talks about how once a month, you know, women get that monthly period, and sometimes by, you know, not not by, you know, I guess uh, by luck or bad luck, it, it falls on the same day as the weight cut, which makes it difficult, even more difficult uh, for a woman as opposed to a man to make that weight cut. But a lot of individuals are suggesting, and I believe I suggest that her natural weight is – 125. She should fight at a flyweight. And the problem with that is it's her natural weight, and she may be, um, I don't want to say out-muscled, I guess it's, a, it's a, not a late term, but I guess there'll be individuals in, in her same weight class that I guess that would be naturally stronger than her per se. Her coming down to 115 in the strawweight division per se, she would be a dominant strawweight. Even if she would have naturally, she'll have the strength advantage versus the others. But I believe going forward, she should be the flyweight Yes, if she has, if she wants to one day fight for the championship, she doesn't have to go to go through Montero or whatever her name is, or or Valentina whenever she reclaims that championship. Anyway, so and her, her natural weight is that anyway. If that's her walk around weight, then then it makes it easier to just cut, let's say, one to two pounds as opposed to making that drastic ten to fifteen pound cut. Um, she looked good. She looked good. Of course, she looked heavier of course she looked heavier her punches it was more strength and more weight in her punches and also she was able to do the rear naked choke so hey when you roll when i I, you know when i was um, training seriously somewhat serious training with with diesel in in rawway new jersey it it doesn't really matter i guess in in jujitsu when you're rolling because i was rolling with guys you know this guy that's a phenom there Chris uh, Mighty, 
Um, he he's probably 180, 190, but he has freak strength and 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 amazing, amazing talent. I believe is now a brown belt up to this point. Uh, but yeah, the weight class does not matter in, in jujitsu, but it does matter in, in in mixed martial arts in the sense that you know the more weight you have, the more you have, and you're you packing your punches and you packing your kicks and and you're and you're laying, let's say lay on, let's say even side control or mount, it's just naturally more weight. And if we're talking a sport that's supposed to be uh, as fair as possible, if you take out all the elements of of steroids and all that, if you're trying to you know fight against someone who's who's the same size, same weight, same weight class as you, you would hope that it's an even playing field. And in that situation, it was definitely not an even playing field with uh, McKinsey Dern, not not by a long shot, uh, which is why I kind of, you know, I don't want to say it tainted her win, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what's going on there <laughs> with McKinsey Dern? So you have that situation. Then you also had um, John Lineker, who defeated Brian Kelleher, be a third round uh, KO. And then the opening bout of the main card is you have Lyoto Mishida with that front kick, which I put on my Instagram, beat him via second round knockout <laughs> one minute into that round. And, and that's it. And and Vito Belfort retired that way. And there goes Vito Belfort. Vito Belfort. His career's over. I love his contributions to MMA. He's done so much for the sport. I'm a big fan of him. Of course, towards the end, um, he wasn't nowhere near, of course, to where he was at in his prime. But it was, it was great to have him in the, in the sport. The phenom. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, a black belt in judo, purple belt in Shotokan karate. He's been in the sport for over two decades. His record is 26 and 14. Um, those wins have come 18 by knockout, three by submission, five by decision. An interesting stat, considering that he's a black belt. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, his losses have come seven by knockout as well, two by submission, five by decision, and one no contest. So he's a notable student, Cesar Ferreira, which was also on the undercard, and he beat Cole Robinson via arm triangle on the pre-show. He is a bronze medalist in Abu Dhabi uh, in, a, in the absolute division. This championship accomplishments, UFC light heavyweight champ, UFC 12 heavyweight tournament winner, knockout of the night, performance of the night, he, you know, 2013 knockout of the year versus Luke Rockhold. So he, he's amazing. He's an amazing fighter, and I, and I thank him for his contributions to the sport of mixed martial arts today. And it's been around two, three decades now that with, with some structure as far as weight classes and divisions, and now women are being involved more and more. So thank you for that. And He's he's a Hall of Famer. He's without a shadow of a doubt. He is a guaranteed to me in my eyes, a guaranteed Hall of Famer when it comes to that. So, Vito Machida defeats Vito Belfort. He retires. Vito Machida, former light heavyweight champion, in his own right. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, Bellator, from what I saw, Ryan Bader, he beat King Mo. In, in God, who knows, in, in 15 seconds. And now, with that being said, he advanced, and I, beat, I believe he fights Meathead in the heavyweight championship Grand Prix. So now it gets real now, as they, as, as they mentioned now, because it's good. Because now you got Bader and Meathead, 
So, um, so it, sh- it should be good. He, yeah, he matches up against – oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Bader sets up a semifinal matchup against Meathead, the winner of uh, – oh, semifinal against Matt Mitrion to face the winner of Fedor Mendonaico, Shale Sonnen. Sorry. <laughs> it's, like, so convoluted. <laughs> so, yeah, and then for King Mo you – know, King Mo's good, but I, I believe he definitely has a – he's definitely not – I don't – and not just weight wise, not in the class of the Fedors and 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 Baders. He should definitely come down to light heavy. And I, I he's, he has no business in the heavyweight division with those guys, with those big dogs. So great job by Ryan Bader. Quick work, quick, quick, quick work of King Mo. With that uh, being said, so I, I missed the fight, but you know what? I saw the highlights real quick. It's everywhere. It's a very short, short fight. So. That's basically what happened <laughs> between Ryan Bader. He advances in the in the heavyweight Grand Prix. So that's what happened last night in the SAP Center in San Jose, California. It was it was on it was on almost simultaneously as the UFC, which which I, I don't like when they do that. So Ryan Bader beat uh, King Mo in 15 seconds. John Fish defeated Paul Daly via unanimous decision. You know, there was booze, Paul Daly himself was booing, whatever, whatever. Aaron Pico, he beat Lee Morrison via TKO. Check Congo, he's around, he's back. He beat Javi Ayala via knockout punch, and Adam uh, Piccolini defeated uh, Carrington Banks via submission and rear naked choke in round three. So, I like that. Yeah, and then, of course, you have 50 Cent. <laughs> you have the whole rumor of 50 Cent versus Rampage Jackson. Hey, Scott Coker, I don't, I don't, hate, I don't hate the player. He understands that he, you know, he has some world class fighters. They may not be best in the world per se, or some, or you could argue some are are the best in the world. Some are not. They may not be the elite, the elite of the UFC. UFC being the number one mixed martial arts organization in the world, but he understands that he has to do things different, and and, and that's what it is. When you're number two or number three, how, however you want to opinion that, that's what you do. <laughs> you do special attraction matches. That's what you do, and and he's doing something well with the heavy heavyweight Grand Prix tournaments. That you know the idea of a tournament's awesome because the idea of a tournament is you have to have endurance and stamina in order to compete two, three, four times in one day. And that was that was what made the UFC great. I mean, of course, um, it was dirty as far as eye gouging and, and the shots, the nuts, and all that. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, if, if you think about it, if you if you clean up, if you if you do now a, a tournament as, uh, with the elements of back then, if you use the elements of back then now, with the exception of the eye gouge and all that, but if it's a clean, let's say, if it's a clean, um, same division, same weight for the most part, height, whatever, but as long as the same weight, um, same division, right? Instead of vacating the titles and having an interim per se instead of doing that all the time how exciting would it be if for one night you could just have a single elimination tournament per se it's hard i know it's hard <laughs> it's very hard uh to do but that's why even bellator spreads it out throughout the year to do that in one night crazy right you could try that or you could even spread it out in two or three events in in a short time span you, you don't have to stretch it out like bellator but you could do it you know, in a two or three month span. And that way you have an undisputed champion instead of just interim here, interim there, interim here, interim there, instead of doing that. I like it. I like it. It's old school UFC. Uh, that's what Scott Corker is basically doing. So I love it. I love it, love it, love it. 
So we'll see what happens with that going forward with, with Bellator. And with the UFC, you have coming up, you have a lot of great things coming up, and you have the big UFC card in July where you have the Stipe Miocic against DC Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, he's trying to validate himself after after doing what he did, right? He now he now he said uh, uh, after Francis Nagano, right? Oh, was it did he, did he fight for, no, Francis Nagano was the heavyweight. Sorry, my apologies. I apologize. He once again becomes the the light heavyweight champion, and now after this, he's going to move up and fight Stipe Miocic in Vegas in July. So now, with that being said, you have Stipe Miocic, who's, who's a guy who hasn't been taken serious. Not He's been taken serious, but he, the, the UFC has, has, does not want to put the marketing machine behind him. They don't want to put the marketing machine behind him. That's what it is. That's definitely what it is. They don't want to put the marketing machine behind them. You know, he beat Francis Nagano. He beat uh, my guy. I love, I love Alistair Overeem. <laughs> he beat him. Who's left? The fight I want to see is Cain Velasquez against against Stephen Miocic. But Cain can't get healthy. He can't stay healthy. Now it's a great super fight. That's what it's come down to. When you when you don't have stars, the only other alternative is to create these super fights. And by creating these super fights, A, you, you, you bring the element of nostalgia into it, and B, the best, you know, when you're, when you're in the fight business, whether it's MMA or boxing, it's about bringing the best fights possible. And, and if you don't have them in the division, then you're going to have to create these super fights. And that's why GSP has been rumored to fight Nate Diaz, right, in August. You have this super fight coming up in, in July between Stipe and DC. And then you have the super fight between uh, hopefully at some point, Amanda Nunez and, and Chris Cyborg. Right. So you, you know, you have, you have that going on. So, so that's what it comes down to. That's what it really comes down to. If you don't have the fights, the best fights in your division, the next best thing is to, is to create these super fights. And that's why you see in boxing as that's what you see in MMA as a promoter, your job is to put together the best possible fights. And if they're not happening in the division, you're going to have to, A, build your division to create these rivalries, and B, and if, if you don't get your best possible fight that way, the next best thing is to create super fights. And, and that's what that's all about. And that's why you're starting to see these super fights. You're going to have to. <laughs> you're going to have to. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens in the super fight between – Stephen Miocic in D.C. Now, be interesting to see if D.C. wins. Then it will, would D.C. ever fight King Velasquez being from the same fight team? Who knows? If Stephen Miocic wins, all right. So he beat D.C., a world-renowned wrestler. You know, Stipe is a great wrestler in his own right, but what I like about Stipe is he's, he's, he has great wrestling. He understands the, the, the basics of jiu-jitsu. He knows how to shrimp, knows how to get out. And, but he also has some – he packs a, a lot of power in his punches. I love that about him, uh, which is he is a, a complete mixed martial artist. It's, it's different. It's different. When you're training wrestling as far as amateur wrestling or Olympic wrestling, right, it's a lot different than MMA wrestling because you, it's the element of the striking game and being able to – okay, so you take the guy down, whether it's a single leg or a double leg. So now what do you do? 
what do you do from mount? What do you do from side control? What do you do from scarf, reverse scarf? Now, that's when MMA comes in because then you, you have to be careful and then ensure that the guy in the bottom will not explode and punch you in the face <laughs> or, not, or explode and kick you or, or explode and knee you. So you have to be – there's a, there's a whole other ball of wax when it comes to wrestling versus MMA wrestling per se. So interesting to see what's going to happen in July. We're in store for a great summer, whether it's that card, whether it's the August card. If they can somehow pull together, somehow, some way, get Nate Diaz and GSP to fight on that card in August, it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing, to say the least. All right. It's been a pleasure. Uh, not a long episode of Choked Out Radio. No guests. I just wanted to make sure that I put something on Blog Talk Radio and be able to somehow, some way, be able to have you download it on iTunes. If you missed it live, obviously most people are going to miss it live because this was unadvertised. But hopefully you could let people know about Choked Out Radio. Hopefully in the months uh, or the next couple of weeks I'll let you know about the shirts and all that, etc. So tell your friends, tell your friends. Peace out, people. Mm-hmm.